0: for the persecutor.
1: welcome my name is todd nettleton today we're going to hear a conversation that i recorded with victor kalischer he is the director of the israel bible society we're about to hear about some efforts that are being made to provide people in israel with copies of the bible that they can understand as we listen i think all of us are going to get a fresh appreciation about how valuable the Word of God is, what a gift it is that we can have copies, that we can read it, that we can understand it. The Bible was written by Jewish authors, and much of the action takes place in the land of Israel. So I asked Victor calisher how is the Bible received by the people there today?
2: So, you see, it's not such an uh, easy answer for that Because when you speak about New Testament and Christianity actually, it is sad, but it is true that there is a 2,000 years of uh, weight to that question. Because uh, throughout history, there were many difficult relationships, to say the least, between the Jews and uh, the Christian uh, world or the Christian church. All the way to the Holocaust. I mean, the Holocaust didn't happen out of the blues. It was on the uh, background of of a lot of anti-Semitism, even in the church. I want to say, you know, I don't want to accuse anyone. I'm just trying to bring, you know, a a historical view and facts, uh, basically. So many Jews grew up with the traditional thinking that, uh, the view of Christianity is not something which is all the time favors Israel, or that uh, the Christian literature is not something that is fond of the Jews, and so on. There is a lot of bad history there. This is something that they learned, this is something that many of them grow up with. So uh, I would say that many secular people in today's world, when they know about evangelical Christians that are pro-Israeli and so on, they know that, okay, there were things in the past, but that's not necessarily the situation here. There are many Christians that love Israel. That's true. But when you go to the streets, or when you talk with a Jew about Christianity, in the majority of the cases, there is this, you, you see that the face is, uh, okay, uh, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not for that. And many times you'll get a negative uh, responses because of the history, and also there is another part of it is because Jews, even though they are not religious, that they very care for their Jewish identity. Mm-hmm. We are a small nation. It's a nation that went through a lot of persecution. It's a nation that uh, was rejected for a, lo- a big part of our history. Even today it is true in some places. And we are a small nation that still lives under some kind of, uh, of threat, even more than that. So holding on to our identity and uh, our unity is something which is, which is very important to Jews. And they think that if you speak with them about Christianity, you want to make them something else, that they stop being a Jew. So many times when I speak to a, a, another Jew, I tell him, no, I don't want you to stop being a Jew. For myself, I believe that my faith in Christ fulfills my Jewish identity. It's not colliding with it. And also something that we need to realize that when you say about a Jew that he is a Christian, uh, it means that he is not a Jew uh, originally, ethnically. Okay? If I tell someone that I'm a Christian, he will immediately think that I'm not a Jew. Because that's, that's the word in Hebrew. When you say you're a Christian, it means that you're a Gentile from a Christian background. So we need to explain to them that the Christian faith Even though it's called Christian and for a Jew immediately it means that you are not a Jew anymore. It's not so. You can be a Jew, but believe, be a Messianic Jew or be a Jew that believes in in Yeshua. Okay, it doesn't make you now not a Jew anymore. We also have many people that are interested and are open. That's also true, you know, especially with the younger generation, but not only. So that's the good news. And the proof of that is that the Messianic body is growing. I mean, and there are so many more young believers in schools, universities, in the army, so the overall society has more opportunities to engage and to see another messianic and know about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Some years ago, no one would know what it means. Today many people know, okay, messianic Jews, there are Jews that believe in Yeshua as, uh, and, and they are still Jews.
1: Victor, we were talking before we started recording about the Old Testament, written in Hebrew. Uh, But if you hand one of those average people out on the street, the Old Testament in its original Hebrew, it just goes way over their head. Talk a little bit about how the language has changed and some of the things you're doing here at the Bible Society to make sure the Old Testament is accessible to to the Hebrew population.
2: Yeah, so uh, what you said it's very true, and many people do not know it because they think that we, as Hebrew speakers, have an advantage to understand the Bible in its original language. It is true if you are a real scholar of the Bible, but for most Israelis, ninety-nine percent point nine percent, it's a huge challenge, and sometimes it's impossible because it's the only text that we have in Hebrew is two thousand seven hundred years old. And many words that are in the Bible are used in Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, but they have totally different meaning. So it's even worse because you think that you understand right. what it what it says, but actually it means something else. The grammar is uh, different. So it is true to say that Israelis, modern Hebrew speakers, do not really have access to the Word of God because they don't understand it. And they would say, why should I bother trying to read... Something that I hardly understand it. And this is true even more to prophecies and to some parts of the biblical Hebrew of the text that is very, very difficult, even more than some others. We're working actually on a translation uh, so that we'll bring the Bible in a very faithful way, as literal as possible, in modern language. It's a huge task and a huge challenge, but It's a must-do. We do not want to replace the original text because people really are attached to it and they consider it holy. You cannot touch it. This is why it was never translated because it's considered holy. It doesn't matter that they don't really understand it. And, you know, they think their approach is that this is the Word of God and therefore we humans cannot really understand it just by reading it. We need to go to all the rabbinical commentaries and writings and so on. And that's the attitude and uh, in a way, we need the reformation that happened in the church in, within the, the Jewish uh, uh, culture, because we don't really have uh, access. But what we did do is that we produced a Bible that is, we called it the Annotated Bible, that has the meaning of the difficult words explained at the bottom of each page. So it's not a full translation, but it is a great resource and tool to help you understand the bible and
1: it goes with for the person that wants to read the original language you if you translate it then they could say well you changed it they can't say that with this it just has explanations but it's the original language on the page
2: exactly that's a, a, that's part of it but also when we complete the translation in the printed product we will have the two texts side by side Ah, so that they can read it Mm -hmm. in the internet and apps and so on, it will be there but you can always see both, we want them to understand the word of God and the the aim is not to replace it, it's to give them a way to understand the original if by reading the translation you'll know afterwards to understand the original go for it,
1: it's even better you know (laughs) Well, and I think, and we talked about this, you know, the King James Bible is is 400 years old, and most of us who are listening to this probably are not reading the King James every day. You mentioned 2,700 years. That's a lot of time for language to to sort of develop and evolve. Not everyone is happy with your work. You mentioned you've had threats. You've had people who say, we know where you work, we're going to come there. Talk a little bit about those threats and and how you sort of work through them so,
2: so yes I, I shared before that you know they see our faith as something which is totally foreign to Judaism to, uh, to Jews and that's uh, the problem and they see us not only as ones that uh, left our uh, faith, true faith but actually now we try to convince them to leave the Jewish faith and that's the problem And some people are very uh, jealous about that. And they can do things that, uh, you know, even uh, things like burning our place. I mean, I got threats like that, that they're going to do that. Nasty articles about us, uh, even specifically with my name and so on there. It's not pleasant, you know, because you never know what can happen. And most people do not understand really about the faith, about us, about the Jewish roots of the faith and, and so on. Many of them would tend to think, oh, these, these are religious groups are right. So this is a big uh, challenge. And, uh, and yes, we have these uh, issues. So uh, really pray for us. I mean, what can I say? We're not going to fight them in the same way they fight us. Uh, but we, even now we have a court case they, uh, with regard to that uh, going against us. And, uh, you know, I pray. I came here to serve God. I came here to serve. I want to serve Him. It's a blessing to serve the Lord, and I want to use the time that God gave me to do the ministry work, not to uh, waste it on uh, on other things. So that's the. I don't care that my name will be, you know, in articles against that. That's not nice, but I don't care so much. You know, it, it comes with with our identity. You know, even Jesus says so. But it takes resources, it takes time, it takes efforts. But God is good, what can I say? God is faithful, God is good.
1: One of the parts of our ministry story at VOM is the Wormbrands ministering to Russian soldiers who came into Romania and, and took over the country and Richard thought, oh this is great, the Russians are here, we can minister to them. You have somewhat of a similar, not an invading army, but you have immigrants from Ethiopia, you have immigrants from Russia, you have immigrants from the Ukraine. You, you're printing Bibles for many of those groups as well as for the Hebrew-speaking community here. Talk a little bit about that ministry.
2: So, so you're right that in Israel you have many people from many, many countries. I mean, you have Jews all over the world and, uh, and they come here. So you have uh, really a lot of them and every now and then something happens in the world that causes Jews from a specific area to come to Israel. Now it is from the Ukraine, you know, right. so... Our, our vision is really to open up, I would say, the, the message of the Word of God so that it can speak to the hearts and that people can be saved. That's what we want, okay? We want that the body of the Lord will grow and we want also to, that it go deeper. So the local believers will help them to grow spiritually and you have in the community of believers many people from many countries. Uh, Something beautiful is we have a a, a not-so-small Ethiopian community in the local body of believers and this is growing and uh, and you see these young Ethiopians that some of them grew up here are uh, really taking leadership positions in the body of believers. And they are now sharing their faith with other Israelis and they are an amazing testimony. So we need to provide them with scriptures and to their parents, if you like, and to their society, scriptures in Amharic, in their language. Okay, So right now we are working on a Hebrew Amharic Bible because they go, many of them, to Hebrew speaking congregations. Some go to to uh, Amharic speaking because of the language right but then we want them to assimilate in the larger body and definitely the young the younger generation. so we need to provide them English Amharic so when they listen to the message, they cannot you know Israelis cannot read the Hebrew Bible I told you before so definitely people <laughs> that you know uh, that are not born here so we need to provide both so they can see. Okay, that's what he's reading in the Hebrew, that's what it means, and and so on. Uh, And also, you know, the language of the heart speaks better to them, and we want them to be able to read the Word of God in their heart's language, in the language that that can speak to their heart, you know, not something that is foreign for them. And this is true for Russian Jews. You know, a few years ago it was French Jews. We had tens of thousands of French Jews because of terror attacks in France. And many French Jews said we have no future as Jews in France. They still say so. So if you go to cities like Netanya and they love, they love to go cities near the beach, you see so many French people. I went to Netanya at one time. You know, I was uh, with my wife there. We were sitting on the beach. I had a meeting and I had like an hour to kill. So we were sitting there and I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. I heard only French. Wow. I was, you know, think, Look, we don't hear any Hebrew. It's all French uh, there, you know. This is happening all the time. Ukraine and other Eastern Europe countries. And uh, from England, you have a large community of Jews. And uh, Brazil and, uh, and other countries. And we want everyone to be able to have access to the Word of God in their language uh, in Israel.
1: So you mentioned your offices in different cities. How how big is the staff in, in the whole nation so of Israel?
2: So all together we're just 11 people. I wow. mean, it's uh, uh, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And we have a, an operation, a Bible center in Haifa. And it's the only Bible place in Haifa. You don't have another place that provides Bibles. Okay, and I showed you the movie of this Ukrainian lady yeah. coming, finding this place. You know, she thought... Okay, now I don't have a Bible or anything. How can I find it? And she found it. In Jerusalem, it's the main office. And we have also an operation in Tel Aviv. Okay, so in this way, in these main three places, we have a presence in the society. It's important that you don't only have falafels and uh, foods and other things, but the Word of God is visible and people can... Come seekers can come and this is happening uh, on a regular basis that people can come and they ask questions and it happened uh, quite a lot that we could pray with people that we could encourage people that we could provide people with a New Testament or a Bible for the first time in their lives and definitely a center from which we serve the different communities you know in the north there are many congregations and we serve them we provide for them and they use us when they need to send someone or someone is You know, so all these organizations and so on, when they need the scriptures, they'll come to us. In Tel Aviv now, there is a center, an outreach center for Ukrainian refugees. And they opened a place where they provide them with clothing and so on. And the Ministry of Interior actually knows about it and sent them there. We provided them with Bibles in Ukrainian that we just uh, brought so that they can also give them a Bible. Okay, we're just made an order of Ukrainian uh, New Testaments that should arrive uh, soon. So all the time, you know, uh, this is what we're doing.
1: New opportunities almost every month it seems like. All,
2: all the time, all the time. And
1: one of the things that's interesting to me is you cannot or or probably cannot go down to your local bookstore here in Jerusalem and buy a New Testament in Hebrew. Right. Why is that? It's not illegal.
2: It's not illegal, but a, a store uh, that would hold it uh, would actually, um, you know, cause many people not to come there uh, and uh, to be banned by by people, and they don't want to do that. Uh, for many people, the New Testament is like offensive mm-hmm. because of what they think that you know. It's uh, many Jews think that the New Testament is anti-Semitic. Because of the history, they think, okay, it must be anti-Semitic.
1: As, as a store owner, you wouldn't risk offending most of your clientele exactly. by having that on your exactly. shelf.
2: And you don't want to hurt your, also your business. And if you will have it, probably it will be somewhere, you know, there that only people that really ask for it, you can tell them. Right. But most will not even do that.
1: So if, if I am, I'm an Israeli Jew, my family's Jewish, but I'm curious... What do I have to do to get a New Testament? I, I need to come, come here. Come to the Bible
2: Society.
1: <laughs> Everyone or wants come to a church. I mean, come there's...
2: to a church and, uh, or the Bible Society. Also in the church, it will be Bibles from from us. Right. Uh, but also, like in places of tourists, you will find. Okay, so uh, stores that sells mostly for tourists, and you have some in Israel. You know, they will have the Bibles okay. and even the uh, diglots they order from us sometimes. Uh, and also in the university, okay, the university they are teaching and actually uh, sometimes the police even invite from us and, uh, and even for the army Because uh, in their graduation Ceremonies they sometimes have Christians or believers and they allow them to swear on the book that they of their faith
1: So as we wind down the two, two questions What's the biggest challenge for you and for the Bible Society right now? You mentioned, you know, there's people who don't want you to do this. There's people who are suing you. Is that the biggest challenge or is there some other challenge that is even bigger than that?
2: You know, professional challenges um, and uh, even financial challenges. We are here for so many years and God always really uh, surprises us. It may be not a good word to say surprises us because it shouldn't be a surprise anymore. But so when God is faithful, really. And we always pray that he will open the door according to his will. And he did it so many times. Even the fact that you sit here and that you support some of our projects, it's another example of that. But the challenge, you know, we really pray that uh, that God will really open the hearts of the people and remove obstacles for the uh, for the gospel to go forward and to uh, touch the lives of more people. Uh, so that's what we pray all the time, okay? That there will be more people that are open, that are seeking, and uh, and that God will maybe shake their hearts a little bit to, to really create, uh, a create a hunger. That's a, that's what we want more than uh, anything else. The other things, you know, it's things that can be solved in this way or another.
1: Okay. Well, that was going to be my last question, is how can we pray? How can our listeners pray? Uh, we will pray with you, that, that God Please. will create a hunger for His Word in the nation of yeah. Israel.
2: And and also for God's protection uh, over us from uh, you know people in other schemes that are trying to prevent or to hurt uh, our work. So that uh, we pray for God's protection over the operation, over the stuff, and for God's movement uh, in the hearts of the people. So that... They will be ready that He will soften the hearts so that when the seed comes, it can root it, uh, inside. If these things, you know, by the grace of God, this will be amazing. And really also not also to, to thank the Lord, to praise God, really praise God with us for what He's doing uh, in Israel because the local body in Israel is growing. And I'm sure that as it will grow, and it does, there are more and more challenges. The fact that there are groups that are coming against us it's because they are afraid. That's the truth. If we were uh, negligible, they wouldn't care. Why should they use, you know, right. spend time and effort for something that doesn't do anything? But I think that they see the local body growing. They see more and more Israelis that are coming to faith. They see a living, vibrant, meaningful community of believers with a good testimony of the land. And they want to destroy it or not all of them, but some want to destroy it. So, you know, God is doing a lot of uh, good things, and we praise God for that.
1: Victor, thank you so much for your faithfulness, and thank you for sharing this week.
0: Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, Please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.